So, London, tell us a little bit about yourself. What grade are you in? Uh, I'm in, I'm in 11th you, grade. You're going gonna, to be a junior. Going to be a junior in high school. Very good. And uh, where do you go to high school? Uh, Ronald Reagan. I have a few friends here. Uh, you know, shout out to some of your classmates. I guess I'd say Tristan Wesley, maybe. One, one, one time. Sometime. Eric. You mean Zachary? Uh, Z- Zach. Well, I mean, like, of course, Zach. Everyone knows Zach. All right. I don't know if Tristan Check. goes to Reagan. No. 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 Maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> you got one. You got one. All right. Two. Three. Sorry. That's right. I knew that. Okay. All right. So what else? What's your favorite subject in school? Uh, I could be cheesy and say lunch. but uh, Lunch was mine. <laughs> yes. But they don't have the playgrounds anymore. They don't have playgrounds at high schools. It's a disappointment, I know. It's, it's I did like physics though. You did? Yeah. Well, well, okay. let me explain why. Let me explain why. Okay. All right. So one time. What, what's her time. name? His name. <laughs> His name. Oh, the teacher. Yes. I thought it was the girl you sat next what? to. But go ahead. I mean, I was the only freshman in my class. Like everyone else was a senior, or junior. That's all right. The only freshman in a class of physics. So once for a little experiment, you know, chemistry, everyone thinks chemistry is cool. You get to blow things up. But in uh, physics, we took a pickle and uh, we stuck two prongs in it, collected it to the electric outlet, and it, uh, it started, started lighting up. Started going crazy. It was, it was amazing. Awesome. All right. It didn't blow things up. But, See, uh, physics is fun. You blew yeah. up a pickle. Yeah. Yeah. That'll work. Did you eat it afterwards? Uh, thankfully not. The thing okay. was black and ashy. Oh. That's no good. Still look cool. All right. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, you you dabble in some foreign languages. Is that correct? Uh, one, I guess. I don't know. Wish Grandma were here. Speak English. All right. Well, currently I'm learning Japanese. Japanese. Very good. I hope to learn Spanish sometime later because... Uh, that one's more important to my family at the moment. Yes, well, you are in San Antonio. Uh, that's so it makes sense to learn Spanish. Not a ton of Japanese people floating around here. You never Maybe know. down at the Alamo you might see a few every once in a while. <laughs> so uh, let's see. So you have this little thing for Japanese, the Japanese language. Yes. So when we went to discuss today's message, we went to a... Sushi place, of a course. A sushi place, of course, yeah. So... It was pretty um, good. So Tristan got to go to Chris Madrid's, and you get to go to sushi. So, you know, it's, it's customized. Keeping up the pace. That's so. right. That's right. Um, so why did you pick Psalm 34? There's 150 psalms to choose from, and you chose this one. Take me into that a little bit. Well, you see, uh, everyone knows the story of David and Goliath. Yes. But uh, not everyone really knows what happened much after that and a little before that. Okay. David's story, it was, uh, it was really interesting to me because it goes a lot deeper than just a small guy killing a big giant dude. Yes. It, uh, it dabbles a bit into some, some uh, ideas on what's right and what's wrong. and It sure does. Even what David does right and what he does really wrong. And yep. that uh, this particular psalm in my book says of David, when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech. Abimelech. Abimelech, who drove him away and he left. Yes. So when you think of David <clears throat> killing Goliath, you think, well, this guy must be really brave. But here it says he's pretending to be insane. So 
That really caught my eye. Yes. So, how do we explain this? And actually, if I can, I think the intro to Psalm 34 should be read as if it's in a Monty Python film. Can I try that? Uh, If you wish to. Psalm 34. Of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, so that he drove him out, and he went away. Doesn't it sound like a line from a Monty Python film? So, so here's, here's what impressed me about you in your preparation for this. So we sit down to talk about Psalm 34, and London has already gone back and read all of 1 Samuel chapter 20 through 1 Samuel chapter 30. So he dug, he dug up you know, 11 chapters of an Old Testament history book, read through it, familiarized himself with it, and then... I was also blessed by the degree to which that kind of drew you into the psalm. I mean, like you really let that that research kind of set the context for the psalm. And so David here is looking back? I believe so. Yes, we believe so. And so this is a, a time later in his life. He's reflecting back on a really difficult time. And this is what he writes out of that sense of reflection. So give us just a little bit of what you learned in 1 Samuel chapter 20 and then on through chapter, well, not the whole summary, but just there's a couple of bullet points there. Uh, Take us into that. All right. Well, uh, see this. So in case you didn't know, King Saul was the first king that uh, God put in the throne. Yes. And David was to follow because of the covenant he made with God. And uh, what happened is that because of this, King Saul was pretty jealous of David. When you know that someone who seems like a stranger to you is going to one day take over your kingdom, that's uh, it's a bit irking. Yes, I would think so. It's like Urkel coming and doing a better prayer than you. Yeah, that would be bad. It, it yeah. would make you very yes. disappointed. So, Thank you. King Saul is very jealous of David, and he nearly kills him on a couple occasions he by does. stinging, throwing spears at him. Right. Stuff really caught my eye. Yep. So uh, eventually, what happens is that King Saul basically gives up, I believe, and uh, he admits to David, I know you're going to do great things, just let's write it out, we'll make peace with each other. So uh, it was crazy. Yes. Because after that, David, fearing for his life, just runs off. Right. So Saul's trying to kill David, this whole series of attempts, and then finally breaks down and says, okay, I realize you're going to be king. And David runs away anyway. And he's like, this guy's crazy. He's going to change his mind. I can't trust him. And he takes off and starts living with the Philistines and other near Middle Eastern tribes that are enemies of Israel uh, and kind of working for them in a way, in a weird way. Um, okay, and so he runs away, he's hiding, and then later in his life, he's reflecting back on this really difficult time, and when he writes Psalm 34, read, read us through Psalm 34, please. Just start reading verse 1 and take us all the way through, if you don't mind. As... Just any version, or does it matter which? Uh, we should probably do the ESV, because that's the one everybody has a copy of. Sorry. All right. All right. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you to fear the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days, that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, and his ears towards their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut the memory of them off from the earth. When a righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them will be broken. Afflictions will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. All right. So, kind of interesting as he, as he reflects back on that time and this psalm kind of comes out, uh, he doesn't mention the crazy. He doesn't mention, like, pretending to be crazy, freaking out, something wrong. It says at the beginning. It does. Oh, in the, in the intro. Wait. Yes, in the NIV. You are correct. Um, but it, he, as he sort of emotes about this, all he really recalls is God's goodness. Um, take us into what would you say is the main idea of Psalm 34? And I liked how you said this. So go for it. While you might lose your way, God will never turn his back on you. Yeah, I think that's a um, pretty powerful truth, right? We, we, we will lose our way from time to time. Um, I seem to be pretty good at it. But uh, the, the recurring truth throughout the psalm is that God will deliver his people. He will show up. He will return. He will, regardless of how far off we might stray into the enemy's camp, uh, God will be there for us. All right. Um, as you studied the Psalm and as we were talking about this, there were a few verses that kind of jumped out to you. Take us into some of those. So some of the, um, some of the classic verses of Psalm 34, if you will. Seven through eight. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Okay, so verses 7 and 8 tell us what? So uh, in this one, seeing how the angel of the Lord encamps around you, it uh, shows me God protects and provides for his people. Good. Um, and it was, we had a good discussion about uh, that whole angel of the Lord encamping around us and just what a cool concept that is like oh thank you <laughs> you know that's good to know um then uh you also identified verse 
18 as saying something uh, valuable, not that all of it isn't valuable. Uh, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So, good. So God specializing in caring for the broken. Yeah, which is also good to know um, that when we do go astray and that cycle of life breaks us, that God kind of, that's where he does his best work, is come picking us back up and uh, putting us back together, if you will. Um, all right, and then I think, if I'm not mistaken, verse 19 was your baby. Uh, the Zeke Ziegler at the other side of it, right? Yes, yes, okay. So take us into verse 19, and then I'll have you tell the story of our lunch. All right, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So many are the afflictions of the righteous. There's a verse you're never going to see tattooed on somebody. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Um, Nobody wants that verse. Nobody wants that one. That's not the verse you claim uh, when you're having a bad day, right? Isn't this where we dabbled into the Zeke Ziegler thing? Yeah, I think we should. So, so give me, give me, nail that verse down. What's what do you what did you see in those words? And then give us the story of the book. All right. So as you're going on, I uh, I think the afflictions more or less equal the hardships people go through. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you put it here, truth, faith is not a pep talk. So. Uh, Yes. Okay. So we're we're sitting at at a sushi restaurant. Uh, we've got two Bibles open, a couple notebooks out, maybe a laptop. I don't remember. No, it was a laptop. No laptop. Okay, no, laptop there was, was in there was, yet. but it was in my briefcase. Whatever. Yeah. So we're like we're like kind of muscling our way through this psalm and talking about, in particular, verse nineteen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, and. So what happens? Uh, I I don't want to call out his name. Was, uh, you don't have to give his name. But I don't even remember it honestly. Uh, something Collins, something but don't give Collins. his name. Yeah, we don't want to. Why yeah. would you say Collins? I'm just kidding. His last name? Well, never mind. I'm pretty sure it was Collins now. Yeah, it was. All right, all right. So so we were just sitting there. We were like flipping through the Bible. We were uh, all done with the sushi and the little bully got. Mm-hmm. And uh, out of nowhere. After uh, seeing some crazy events, like someone fell over or something, and he started, like, he had to be carried to the bathroom. Yeah, there was some guy that had to go be carried out by his friends. That was weird. Then, uh, we're getting a little off track here. Basically, this guy came over, right? He had two books, and uh, I I don't know if you've seen teen rappers, but, you know, they promote their mixtape. They're like, hey, bro, I I know you just met, I know we just met, but I got to give you this mixtape. Well, uh, this guy comes over, and he's like, hey, I just love what you're doing. Here, take my two books. And uh, it was really jarring because this came out of nowhere after one event, and it's just one after another, and it was terrifying, to be honest. And uh, and, and so... <laughs> wait, can I... Yeah, 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 so, this is great. <laughs> so uh, his book was like a... His book was like a... It had a Facebook thumbs-up sign with a little red dot on it, and... Uh, well, it, the, the, face, the book was titled Like... So it said like, and then it had the Facebook thumbs up with the crucifixion mark in the hand that's giving the thumbs up. So it's apparently a Christian book. We haven't read it yet. Not, no, no, not a word. No. <laughs> but he had a, didn't, didn't he have on the bottom, it was like a Yes, yes he did. Book. Yes, he did. <laughs> this is just 
so good. So, so did I point out we're reading, we're discussing the verse, many are the afflictions of the righteous. This guy walks, I love what you're doing. Uh, I just, I just had this book published. I wanted to give you all a copy, which was a nice gesture. I think he wrote a note and he wrote a little note inside, um, with some Bible verses underneath it. You know, it was okay. Nothing wrong there. You look at the dedication on the cover or the, the, what do you call it? The endorsement, the endorsement on the cover. Take it, take it away. And, uh, the endorsement was, uh, from the daughter of Zig Ziglar. And so the daughter of Zig Ziglar. And so London says to me, (laughs) well, the first thing he says is, is, is that, is the best he could do some dead guy's daughter to endorse his book? I, wait, I didn't you know, say that. What, No, okay, you didn't, but you did, you said something about like, is, like not the dead guy, you didn't say the dead I guy. I said, who is Zeke Ziegler? That's the first thing you said, okay, but you got to that later. Anyway, who is Zig Ziglar? So, okay, maybe I misunderstood I like what you said. We'll get there, we'll get there. You, you'll have a chance to speak to you for yourself. So, who is Zig Ziglar? And I gotta explain, to, to someone who's never heard of Zig Ziglar, like he's a motivational speaker. That's that's the best. And he, there's there's often a little Christian veneer over what he does, but he's kind of there to motivate your sales force. So if uh, if USAA is is beating the tar out of their employees and they all want to cry and go hide in the corner, they send the entire sales team or, or customer service team or what to a Zig Ziglar conference and you all get pumped up and excited and then you can go back and get beat up by your boss again right and that isn't that is that that's that's what zig ziglar does if i'm not mistaken don't worry be happy like all that yeah stuff. be happy yeah. you know you can do this you go camper and if, if you do the right thing you'll be blessed right that's kind of his message which is ironic in the context of discussing psalm 34 verse 19 many are the afflictions of the righteous and so we're sort of sitting there post sushi enjoying the irony of this encounter and uh all right so anything else you want to say about the 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 book or the that experience i mean like uh like you said you have to go straight through the problems and you can't just go around them it's like a yes a tree plant never grows around the building it goes straight up it yes so all right um, and then that, I think, that led to a discussion of the cross and sort of God's, part of God's message on the cross is I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, um, just avoid all the problems of this earth. I'm going to become human. I'm gonna live through all the problems of this earth. I'm actually going to, uh, suffer death human death that i might bring life to my children and so talk more about how this psalm kind of pointed us to the message of the cross so when we say it's really an expression of god's grace i was uh, thinking like back to the story in samuel how mm-hmm. he basically ran off and lived with the baby eaters right as he put it. yes it a uh, it's really jarring because it uh, seems like he had everything made for him. Like, uh, you know, when the past king basically says, "I give up," you're next. Yeah. You don't you don't you, you didn't like start a celebration. You wouldn't just run away. Right. 
So, so he's got everything going for him. He kind of flips out, runs away. Breakdown. Breaks down. And then he starts uh, raiding the... Well, not the Israel village. No, he was raiding uh, Philistines and then telling the Philistine king that he had raided Israel. It's a little espionage, counterintelligence kind of thing. He was pretty good at it. He was a good liar. And then it was like... I thought it was crazy because even despite all that, you know, you're telling your enemy, yeah, we just... Which killed all the people I used to run with. It's yeah. He then goes back and he becomes, you know, more determined. I guess. Yes. So this whole idea of grace being poured out on someone that's not deserving of it, um, and so take us into verses eighteen and nineteen in the way that those tie into the cross so God moves towards the brokenhearted, and uh, God turns afflictions into blessing yes so the way that God takes something like a crucifixion and turns it into uh, forgiveness and grace and redemption and salvation and so that that ethic is reflected in this psalm out of out of the afflictions of the righteous, God delivers. Um, and then uh, we found a, a quote in the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verse 26, where John actually uh, quotes part of Psalm 34 as he's talking about the crucifixion of Christ. So that's a pretty good uh, tie-in to... It's it's on your printout. It should be right there. Yeah, there you go. All right. You want to read that for us? All right. So uh, verse 20 is quoted because, wait, I'm sorry. For those things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. Yes. So the, in the Gospel of John, uh, John quotes verse 20 of Psalm 34 as, one, as evidence that Christ fulfilled that Christ's crucifixion and death fulfilled God's plan for redemption. Um, tell us what that, uh, there's two implications that we talked about uh, that derive from that. So he says he keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. In uh, verse 20, in John, doesn't when, they, uh, when they're doing the crucifixion, they usually, as a mercy rule, to stop them from breathing and suffering anymore, they uh, they break their legs so they can't pull themselves up to breathe. So uh, instead of that, they see the Romans when they're uh, when they're about to do the mercy rule, I guess, on Jesus. They see that he's already dead, so they say it's no use breaking his legs. Good. So to test that, they like poke him in the heart, and then water comes out, then blood. Yes, and so. That John quotes that verse from Psalm 34 as if to say that, that God's word is being fulfilled in front of us. Psalm 34 is kind of all about uh, redemption and forgiveness and salvation and grace. And so there's two implications we talked about. Uh, this, this, John quoting this helps us understand that Christ's death was part of God's plan all along. This was a very intentional choice that God made 
to take his son through the suffering of humanity and through a human death in order to bring redemption. Um, and then, what was the other one? Do you see it there? Yeah, that uh, deliverance comes through suffering. Yes. That God's not afraid to uh, go through uh, affliction, suffering, uh, sadness, or what have you, in order to bring about his will. Uh, which may sound like bad news, right? Like he's not afraid to let me suffer if he's going to bring me to the place that he wants me to be. Um, but at the same time, Psalm 34 is a great reminder that he's got us. He's got us right where he wants us. He's working a plan. He's going to take us to where we need to be ultimately. And uh, if I can just sort of close by saying, I think I was most impressed with your initiative to delve into the backstory of the psalm and just do all that reading on your own. And really, I think you captured the context of the psalm really, really well, which is very important in studying scripture. So good job. Thank you. I, can I also just like recommend that? Samuel? Yeah. It's like a, it's honestly a really cool story. Uh, I guess right after doing all these things, the Philistine commanders are like, we can't trust you. Sorry. Go home. He goes home, and all his wife and kids are kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some men are like, you know, this isn't looking so good. Maybe you should kill him. But then it gets more interesting from there because, uh, you know, when your wife and kids are kidnapped, the first thing you do is you go look for them. So it's just I'm not going to spoil the story because it's a really good one. But, but you can read it for yourself in First Samuel chapters 20 through 30. Check it out. All right. Let me uh, close this with prayer. Father God, thank you for your word and thank you for uh, the youth in our church and their attention to your word. And we just pray that uh, you would remind each one of us that though the afflictions of the righteous are many, you indeed will deliver your children from all that this life brings and that you have in fact done that through the person of your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that gift, for that sacrifice, for that love. May we live in it each and every day of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.